0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nottingham Playcast. The podcast is about to begin. Please take your seats. Hello, and welcome to our very first edition of the Nottingham Playcast. I'm Beth.
1: And I'm Derek. We're looking forward to bringing you a monthly podcast full of news and insights and interviews, all things Nottingham Playhouse.
0: We'll be bringing you various features, including interviews with actors and directors and other creatives. We might go behind the scenes. We'll introduce you to new artists from the local area. And we'll also find events that are beyond the main stage.
1: But to raise the curtain, we're going to jump straight in and talk about one of our recent productions, Holes. Stay listening, and you'll hear an interview with Casey Ainsworth, best known as Little Mo in EastEnders. But first of all,
0: we're going to an interview between Adam Penford, our new New artistic director and Chris Ashby who is both the lead role in Holes and was also in Wonderland
2: Adam Penford artistic director of Nottingham Playhouse Chris Ashby star of Holes at Nottingham Playhouse How are you doing? I'm very
3: good, thank you. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, me and you in conversation, Mm -hmm. Nottingham Playhouse's new
2: podcast. Yes, at your desk. You very kindly invite me into your office. We are sat behind my desk because it's the only quiet place in the building because we're full of activities. It is. We had to kick someone out earlier, didn't we?
3: Just to tap it away. So bless her. Um, so Chris. Yeah. You, this is your second show at Nottingham Playhouse this year. You starred in Wonderland. I did. Which was Beth Steele's play about the miners' strike. And mm-hmm. now you're in uh, Holes, which is our
2: family show for Easter. Yeah. Um how's it been doing two shows back to back? Really good. Well, thanks to you. Thanks for giving me two jobs. It's really nice. <laughs> you're welcome. I don't know what else I'd be doing. I'd probably be in a working in a pizza restaurant otherwise, wouldn't I? <laughs> so I'm actually really happy to be back in Nottingham. Um it's gone really well, yeah. I'd say. It's um They've both been very well received. I think they've both sort of really struck a chord with audiences. Both two very different plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderland was sort of very gritty and dark and real, um, and I think touched. I think it's very close to the community of Nottingham. Whereas Holes has moments of darkness, but it's a bit more light, it's a bit more fun. Um, but no, they've, they've been two great projects. Um, I mean, how, how did you come to choose them as your first two plays? Well, it's quite a lot of pressure
3: when you're the new artistic director. So of of choosing pressure. what your first season is going to be. Actually, when I think back, uh, one thing they always make you do in your interview as a wannabe artistic director is propose your theoretical first season. But when I look back, actually, both Wonderland and Holes were in. I mentioned them in my um, job interview. Mm. I'd known about Wonderland for ages because Beth Steele, the writer who's from Mansfield, had premiered it at the Hampstead Theatre a couple of years ago and I always thought that the regional premiere should be at Nottingham Playhouse. In Nottingham, of course. So um, I was very proud that it was my first production. Um, and then Holes, I knew I wanted to do a family show um, because we have such a loyal audience for our pantomime every year. Not all of them come back and watch other things throughout the year so I wanted some, an offer that would attract that audience back and Holes was a good choice because people know it because it's an award-winning novel there's the Disney movie
2: with Shia LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf yeah Uh, and Sigourney Weaver yeah alien (laughs) (laughs) she's not actually an alien we should any people who haven't seen alien she's in alien she's not an alien we're not saying she's an alien (laughs) carry on (laughs) just to clarify (laughs) um uh, yeah, so it,
3: it's a well-known title, basically, and I, th- I knew that... I re- I've, I've seen adults reading Holes on the Train, so I knew it appealed to both adults and kids. So it's been great, I mean, it's, and it's been nice to have you in both. We um, met at the general auditions, didn't we? We did. Do you want to tell it me was, about the
2: old general audition? I do. Well, you know what? It was really nice, because actually, um, being from the Midlands, it's the first time I'd met any artistic director, or actually read for any play in any theatre in the Midlands. It was mm. all sort of London theatre and, and sort of any maybe other areas by chance. So it was really nice to... I mean, general auditions are funny because you never know what's going to come of it. You, you always kind of go in, you do a monologue. Uh, it's kind of just to say hello and get to know each other. Um, and how many? you saw a lot of people, didn't you? You sort of see, a, you just get yeah, a lot of people I, in. I think we had like 350 people apply and I think
3: we met 125 mm. So that was sort of ten minute slots
2: over four days, which, which really was quite adds intense. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you get a general as an actor, you kinda of, you don't know what you're gonna get, you kinda of go, Oh, I'll do it, I'll do my best, but probably nothing will come of it. So we had a lovely chat. Uh, I, I thought it went okay. It was good. Um You were our first person, did you know that? You were our first was person. I? Yeah, you the ever. first of the hundred and twenty five, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Is, I did not know that, no. Yeah. yeah. I thought my monologue was was average. <laughs> I, d- I did my best. Yeah, I think yeah, too. yeah. yeah. Um, we chatted for a while. Maybe maybe I chatted too much. You were talking. I, <laughs> I was excited. Um, Let's just say the next person only got seven minutes because you took 30. Oh no! No I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs>
3: um,
2: so yeah, from that I kind of went off and kind of just forgot about it because you don't really know. You know, it might come back in in a year or even like three years because mm. you tend to remember people, don't you? For when you might use them later. But actually, I got a meeting then two months later. Yeah. Weirdly, for Holes first. You didn't even think of me for Wonderland. Not true. Uh. (laughs) Um, But I met for Holes. Um, I thought it went well. Mm -hmm. I got a recall for Holes. Mm -hmm. And then you saw me for Wonderland as well. Mm -hmm. And then I auditioned for both at the same time. And then I got Wonderland straight away after that. Yeah. Uh, And then Holes, it was, you took a bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why as always whenever you're casting any production
3: you're yeah. trying to you're looking at the jigsaw puzzle of the actors and particularly Holes because you know Holes is about a group of of kids teenagers 14, 15 uh, people on this podcast can't see but Chris isn't exactly 15. i a- close. <laughs> He's a little. I look like I might be 15 from a distance <laughs> if you're sitting in like row Q. Yeah we remove all the audience members glasses as they <laughs> enter the stalls so we, we had to just work yeah. out how it was sort of all matched up really but, um, but then I was aware it was a real pleasure because it, what it meant is we could invest in a uh, an actor who's from the region originally, um, and has been doing amazing work. But it meant that we could offer you two very different roles yeah. in two very different plays, and sort of invest a little bit in 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 you. And that's been a real pleasure, actually. The role that you'll be most well known for is playing Christopher. In the National Theatre's production of A Curious Incident of The Curious Incident of A Dog in the Nighttime. Did I get all my
2: A's and those right? The Curious Incident of The Dog in the Nighttime. Oh, Two those. To those. That's a, it's a long title. It's, it's a uh, very long title. Directed by Marianne Elliott, <laughs> Olivier
3: Award-winning director at the National Theatre, adapted by Simon Stevens, who's probably one of our best, most exciting UK playwrights. Mm. Written by Mark Haddon, international bestseller done your research, hey, hey hey, um, but you weren't the first
2: christopher so and and it's notoriously awesome. a very physical production. how was it yeah well there's been yeah, there has been a lot of Christopher's. I think it's such a hugely successful show. I think it's done like five or six West End casts. I was one of two touring casts, it's now world touring it was it was a mad job, it was a year. It was such a physical play. We visited thirty-two cities. It feels like a very long time ago, it was about three years ago. Mm. But I tend to sort of like sort of just live in the moment with all of it really. So it's hard to sort of say like I obviously I remember it, but it feels like such mm. a long time ago. That's think... exhausting. Oh god, yeah. I lost about two stone. Did it was you? So physical. You get thrown around and by the cast quite yeah, a lot, don't a you? Lot, about... A lot. Also ironically, I do in this play as well, get thrown yeah, around all yeah. the time. Um, I guess the main thing I got from it is I think so many people know it and have seen it. I think when it's on your CV, Mm. because Wonderland was really movement heavy. And we had um, Naomi from, she was a Frantic Assembly practitioner um, who did our movement. So I think sometimes that really lends it. If you see that on the CV, without movement auditioning, you sort of assume that I can pick up choreography and move and get myself thrown about a bit. Which you can. Um, which I can. Um, so I think that's the main thing and that's why I'm really excited about, even though I don't know what's coming next, I think having two shows on my CV at the Nottingham Playhouse with a new artist and director, a really exciting time. I think a lot of people have come to see Wonderland and Holes. Mm. People have been really excited, there's been a real buzz. I think, again, just having that on my CV is going to be a massive, massive help. How, how do you become... An artistic director. <laughs> How does that happen? Um, because it's different from directing, isn't it, as well?
3: I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, only half the job of an artistic director is actually directing. Um, so th- uh, there's a whole other side to it that I am learning. I'm still learning because I'm only like several months in. Um, I was a freelance theatre director and had been for 15, 20 years um what are you laughing at I uh, know I don't look it um, <laughs> um and I've been working a lot at the National Theatre but I never applied to be an artistic director as the various vacancies at the various theatres had come up but I'd always thought that if one day I was going to be it would be Nottingham Playhouse because I'm from Nottingham oh, you are I'm from not I'm from Maple, and this is where uh this is the theatre I came to as a kid so I always thought if I ran a theatre it might be the Nottingham Playhouse um And then I was headhunted at the same time as deciding myself to apply anyway. So that was kind of that happened on the same day that somebody said, oh, you've been recommended for that role. Exactly the same day that that morning I said, I'm going to apply for that role. Um, And then you go through a series of interviews and and I was very lucky and fortunate to be appointed.
2: How did it feel like as sort of you've you've got this, you've been working all this time and then you apply for the job mm. and it's your like local theatre. Mm. Like but I get really excited working here because I'm like, I know it. it is where, how did that feel? Like when you, did you get a phone call? Was it an email? Was yeah, it? I got a phone call at 9am one morning. That's early.
3: Yeah, it was early. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't really expecting it. I knew I was going to get the call that day, but I wasn't expecting it to be, oh, you've got the job Um, because I know how many amazing people had applied and that it's really competitive. What was funny is I had to phone my parents and I'd not told, I told one person that I was applying for it. Only one person knew. And a couple of industry people who had sort of helped me, I'd asked ask for advice from. So I hadn't told my parents. So I'd been sneaking up to Nottingham mm. from London. And not even popping
2: in for tea. Not, or no,
3: literally sneaking around the city centre <laughs> in, in a suit, you know, which is yeah. not what I normally wear, thinking I could easily bump in to my mum and my dad all... A family friend. So I had to phone them and said, I'm moving back. Amazing. Um, yeah, they were dead chuffed. Yeah, which is nice. been,
2: your parents have been great because I've seen them just having been in both shows. I've met them quite a lot. Yeah. They're like Press Night. They love you, Chris. Do they? Oh yeah, they oh, love they? having a chat more than they talk to me on Press I love nights. having a chat with with grown ups. <laughs> so, you know,
3: <laughs> you're good with grown ups. It's good fun. How did oh. you get into theatre? What was your Ooh. so so? Mine was effectively coming to the Nottingham Playhouse. Genuinely was why I fell in love.
2: It was panto. What about you? Well I'd I'd always loved theatre. My mum used to take me when I was a lot younger. But I always remember being you know when you do a panto you get called up to do the song sheet at the yeah, end. And I definitely. remember I got called up with Dudley Duck. Um I can't remember the panto, but I remember the jungle. What panto duck. has Dudley Duck in it? Very avant. <laughs> a a, a panto. very avant garde, very um <laughs> And yeah, I just that was one of my earliest sort of fondest memories. But I never really did it sort of until I was doing A-levels in Lutterworth, uh, which is sort of near Market Harbour, sort of mm-hmm. south Leicester. And then I was sort of doing, like, politics and economics, and I was like, oh, what am I doing? I don't know anything about <laughs> politics or economics. Um, so I took a year out, and then I applied to do Panto at the little theatre in Leicester, yeah. which is a community um, theatre. Uh, got the job, did Panto there for two years, and that kind of steamrolled rolled into me going to drama school, going to London, and the rest of sort of history. And it's just kind of, I've been really lucky that it's kind of just carried on. Like, I've definitely had some quiet times. Wonderland was my first theatre job in two years.
3: Oh, that explains um, it. Does that
2: explain oh, a lot? That explains it. Just yeah. a bit rusty. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'll, by next week, I should be all right. I should yeah, be back on foot. Just as it is. Fingers crossed. Great. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just sort of it just sort of happened. I just sort of got into it. But it's um it's a tough job, but it's also it's very rewarding. It's what's
3: your favorite thing? Like maybe Ooh. let's say holes because you're in the middle of the holes run. What's your, what's your favorite thing about doing holes? Is it a scene, is it a person, is it the audience watching? That's really tough.
2: You know what? I love and I'm not just saying this because it sounds good. Um I really love working with new people all the mm. time, like not you know you're on a job for a month two months three months and you're always working with different people and then not just that but you're working with people who like we've got a lot of younger actors like and that henry is his first job yeah, his
3: professional the debut professional Henry debut. Metal. shout out yeah shout
2: out <laughs> um but then you're also working like casey Ainsworth, who's done endless telly uh, John Elkington, who's done loads of theatre work.
3: Nottingham Playhouse favourite, John Elkington. Come is. and see him this year.
2: Doing all the shout Playing outs. Playing Nelly Nurse Noggins in Robin Hood and Papers. And the Word. There you go. Um so I think working with them, you're, when you're in a rehearsal room, you're all you're all on the same level, you're all equal, no matter what your experience, mm. you learn from each other. But I just really love working with people who are more experienced, you get to learn so much, and even those that are newer, you still learn What do you hate and, about it? Come on, be honest. What is it you hate? There must be oh. some uh,
3: element of being in a play or working in the theatre that you dislike, and you're not allowed to say unemployment.
2: Okay. Um, can I say the director? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, not that. Yeah, you go. No, I'm joking. Um, I think, and this is just me, yeah. um, but I'm a proper homebody. I love uh, home. being away, being away from home. Um, it's tough. You know, since I started this in January, you know, I've probably spent. In the last four months, six weeks in London and mm-hmm. then the rest in Nottingham. Yep. And it's lovely because your your company become your family away from home and I'm really getting on with everyone, but I'm yeah, looking forward to getting home. I mean, you, you you must get it as well. You've yeah. had to sort of uproots so and move back to Nottingham. Yeah, I mean, it, coming back to Nottingham is
3: brilliant because that's where I'm from originally. So I have an affiliation with the city and mm. I love it, but uh, I have been based in London for the last 15 mm. years, so it is, it's different. But it's kind of, it's it's amazing. I, I quite like it. I quite like it discovering new places and yeah.
2: and learning about a community that's kind of cool so same question back at you sure. to wrap up best bit about being artistic director and the worst <laughs> thing about being artistic director
3: i know what the best thing is the best thing is genuinely watching an audience um, being absorbed in a play it doesn't necessarily have to be a play i've directed it could be one that another director has has directed but that is the best thing wonderland Mm. We were very, very, very fortunate to get standing ovations pretty much every performance. Audiences were amazing. But they were
2: so, they were involved so involved,
3: and... weren't they? They, you know, it was very funny. Um, they would applaud. There was that a particular gag in um, Wonderland about a Hoover salesmen. the Hoover joke. That I won't yeah. repeat now, but it pretty much got a, a, a applause after that mid scene every night. Every night. Yeah. you know, and and you'd watch the audience rise for that final. Moment. Um, often before you guys even came on for the actual bows for the curtain call, they were on their feet because they were so moved by the topic, you know, by the subject matter. So that's definitely the best bit. That's what we do yeah. it for, isn't it? The worst bit, oh no, that's so hard. You know, if I'm being really brutally honest, the worst bit of my job is having to say no to people.
2: Okay. You know,
3: the arts and theatre is an incredibly uh, competitive world, and there are way more. Uh, people then there are opportunities so you find yourself quite often to a writer to a director after an audition to an actor having to say i'm really sorry but not mm. this time and that's not particularly pleasant yeah. um but it is just it's part of the job
2: but what's what's really good and what i think you're doing and you know i'd say to sort of any actors or any creatives out there listening is you know, I hadn't worked for a year, and then you were holding open auditions, just throwing the net out. Anyone local acts come and do a monologue, and I didn't expect anything from it. And I've had two, and now we've been lovely, stuck with now you. You're stuck with Have me. We've been stuck with you for the last um, eight weeks. It's been a nightmare. Um, um But it, it's it's really has. I think as a creator, sometimes it can feel like it's going nowhere. But actually, I think you're. I think that what's re- what I really love about the Playhouse as well, it very much feels like the theatre for the community. Yeah. And it does feel like the door is open. Yeah, I think um, that's true. For local people, for local artists, for local creatives to come and, and do work. And I think it's really exciting. I'm really excited to see what you do in the next few years. Thanks. Thanks. Like,
4: you no, know, just, just you remem- want another job. That's what well. That's I'm about. just saying, just remember me. <laughs> just don't
2: forget about me. You know, what I'll do? I'll get you a little goodbye present. I'll get you a little headshot. <laughs> a headshot and on Chris you, Ashby. And you can just put it, put up it on the my wall, office wall wherever yeah. you want it. Wherever you want it.
3: Chris Ashby, it's Adam been a Henfield. pleasure being it's in conversation. It's been a with joy, you.
2: and I'll see you. You're watching tonight. I'm watching the show We've tonight. We haven't we? Yeah,
3: so. I've not watched the show for a week. I hope
2: it's good. We've not changed anything, I promise. You're going to cut all your ad-libs that you've had. I don't do any ad-libs. Mm. Bound them. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye. Bye.
1: It was lovely to hear Adam talking to Chris there and hearing something of that rapport that they've built up over two shows, I think we should give them this job.
0: <laughs> I really like um, Adam talking about the audience and just watching them uh, respond to shows, whether he's directing them or not. Yep. Just that relationship, I think, is gorgeous. And the other thing I really liked listening to was just hearing about Chris getting the job through the open auditions and feeling that his monologue wasn't that great, but actually he must have been all right because he got two roles off the back of it. So it,
1: it must have been. Well, I think let's dig a little deeper into holes now and hear from another of the stars of the show, Casey Ainsworth.
5: I'm here with Casey Amesworth, who is playing the warden, amongst other roles, in our current production
4: of Holes. Welcome, Casey. Thank you. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Sitting in your marketing office <laughs> doing this podcast is great. <laughs> yes,
5: it's, um, it's the side of the building that most people don't get to see. Exactly. Uh, it's not as exciting.
4: As Imagine being us. On stage. Imagine us with filing cabinets and a <laughs> microphone, and you'll be somewhere in there. That's it.
5: That's it. Spot on. So we're in the middle of the run of the show at the minute. Um, So do you want to just let us know how it's been going?
4: Well, it's been a a really interesting journey. We had lots of different technical things. It was a very technical show. We had lots of video recordings and um, sound and live video to play. And we got to the first preview and went, that doesn't work. I mean, Adam was very brave. He slaughtered his babies uh, uh, and went, do you know what? it's not going to work, it muddies the story, let's get rid of it. Which meant that we had to re-tech the show during the first week of previews. Which which is exactly what you should do if you don't run a show with your ego. (laughs) So if your ego was talking, you would never do something like that because you'd push forward with this concept that possibly wasn't working. And fortunately Adam didn't do that, he just went... This doesn't work let's get rid of it and he would have done that I think with anything that wasn't working once it's once you see the piece in its entirety with all the bells and whistles and everyone's got their costumes on and and you feel the pace of the piece. It was great because we were constantly kept on our toes for that first week and we were re-teching re re-teching, re-teching every single day.
5: That's fascinating so that must have been really exhilarating but also kind of terrifying at the yeah, same time
4: and is yeah. that why theatre is important to you i think the terrifying aspect is clearly something that people enjoy um sometimes obviously that goes over the edge and you (laughs) you don't enjoy the terrifying aspect but it should be terrifying with a with a level of kind of stability underneath it of course you never know how the critics are going to take it or how people are going to take to it you can watch it and think oh it's amazing and that's a wonderful piece of acting and people might not get it but you always you want to get to a place where your your anticipation is excitement rather than abject fear. <laughs> you don't want to feel like you're falling off a cliff. <laughs> you want to feel like you're flying off it.
5: And you feel comfortable with it now and it's working really well, yeah, the show. Yeah, okay. once
4: we'd kind of re it and moved it all about, it's a very fast show. Um, yeah, we definitely did work. We, were, we weren't lemmings. We weren't jumping off and going to the bottom. We were definitely, you know, off. Off with wind underneath our wings. That's brilliant. It's, as well as in our pants, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of boys in this show. It's quite a windy show. What can you say?
5: <laughs> and uh, there is still a lot going on in the show, despite whatever might have got cut during um, kind of tech and uh, previews. Yeah. Uh, a lot of costume changes, and you're playing a lot of characters. So what is it like
4: behind the scenes while the show is going on? Well, there is huge amounts of costume changes and accent changes. Um, and at one point, I have to come on... Um, having literally just walked off in the f- in a scene, then I turn around and go back on as a completely different character. Um, so that's an interesting costume change. Uh, uh, but I always find with costume changes that, that, if they're very fast like that, the, the worst thing you can do is panic. Okay. Um, so what happens is, is during the previews, you get to work out where your dresser, my is Emma, um, will put the clothes. So you know where her hands are going, you know where your hands need to go so that you're not both trying to do up the skirt as well as put the hat on. So you kind of, you have this, and you don't talk to each other, we, you just do it. It's choreographed. It's totally choreographed. And there, I remember one time I had a I had a dresser, and um, I was in a complete panic because I had to take off one corseted gown and put on another corseted gown, and it was a wedding um, situation, I was in a complete panic, and and I was being a nightmare with the change. And she just threw my clothes on the floor and said, we will not do this change unless you stop panicking and I was very young at the time and and I thought I'm not going to make my entrance I'm not going to make it and she said I don't care whether you make it or not because we can't do this every night you've got to trust me this is my job this is what I do I know how to do this but I can't do it if your hands are flailing all over the place trying to do up the things that I'm trying to do up And after that, I was uh, a picture, a picture of calm. Calm. And of course, it worked perfectly. So tell us about the accents you're doing as well. There's Latvian, there's Texan. Yeah, Latvian, Texan. How did you get into that? And American. The Latvian was quite difficult, actually, because um, the, the examples that we were listening to, they don't have much theatricality in their voices or in the way that they... the the way that the people we were talking to speak, um, it it was all quite kind of on one level. So what we had to do was, obviously, we had to get all the vowel sounds and all the consonants and everything else in the right way, and then we had to allow a little bit of uh, theatrical licence with our accents. But they are meant to be kind of flashbacks, um, and so therefore you kind of have to make them a little bit larger than life because they are out of the context of the piece so you want to make them kind of stand out for the right reasons
5: so this is your first time on the stage at the Playhouse
4: yes it's my first time
5: but you came to see Wonderland I came to see Wonderland yeah I came to see
4: Wonderland to look at the space just so I could see it and it is it's a beautiful space. If you've not been, it's a beautiful space, really lovely theatre. You come in uh, and you kind of think to yourself, well, oh, it's one of those 1960s kind of blocky buildings. But they're very, you know, they're quite fashionable now anyway. But the theatre itself is a bit like... It's a bit like the inside of the Olivier because it's curved, but it's not as barney as the Olivier. It's smaller um, and feels quite like the audience hug the stage. Which is a really because it because of the curve it it gives it that sense that you that there aren't any seats that you're going to be sitting there looking past posts or um, everything's very very open. I would be surprised if there were many seats where you had a restricted view like some of the ones in the West End where you've got pillars in the middle yeah. and you feel like you're in a bunker because you're at the back of the stalls and they've got that massive yeah. overhang. Um, so it's it's been really. D- well-designed from a sound point of view it's terrible and i don't know why they didn't get those two things in in conjunction with each other but i don't mean it's terrible for the audience i mean for an actor you've got to enunciate really well um, and all the ends of your consonants have to be on um, and that's quite difficult when you're doing an accent which sometimes lends itself to running words in together so a texan accent has a texan drawl, and the drawl is is that you know and they don't really finish the sentences If they don't finish their sentences, then you're not going to get that at the back. So you have to have that inference, but you have to add the consonants on the ends of all your words.
5: And I'm guessing that only comes into... When you get to tech week, that only really comes into play, and then you have to change it all up again.
4: Well, we were in a really echoey space in Bow to... To rehearse so it was actually quite good because echoey means that you have to be quite clear on all of your um, cues um, and also you have to be quite clear on your consonants in an echoey space too so it's actually quite good it made us enunciate from the beginning and of course Adam kept saying to us the whole way through it, it will suck the life out of your voice you're gonna have to you know keep on it and so rehearsals were quite loud. In that way. For the room size, it was quite loud. But it was perfect by the time we got in.
5: And tell us about
4: rehearsals, because there's a, a big cast. And how did you get all get on together? Well, it, it, we were rehearsing out in Bow um, at Three Mill Studios. And I haven't been there since I filmed Topsy Turvy in about 2000... No, 1998. So 1998, I filmed Topsy Turvy there. It's changed quite a lot. But it's still... The back end of nowhere to get to Bow so you are kind of we're, once you get there we're all kind of stuck there all together um, and we did have a, quite a nice little routine we had a little um, fitness group, so we would do like a seven minute hit workout before we went and had lunch. Um, nobody seemed to kind of dissipate for lunch. Most people kind of congregated in the same place. Um, but Adam's a slave driver. I mean, mate, he doesn't allow anybody off for five minutes, you know. Um, uh, so it, we were there all the time. It's an ensemble piece, so, you, mm-hmm. so there was no kind of you know. There's the massive scene in the drawing room that you're not going to be in. Um, so therefore, you, you you don't need to be in for the rest of the day. It was. All day, every day, for that for that whole rehearsal period.
5: So, what have you got coming up after holes?
4: So, after holes, I have got about five weeks off, maybe, um, and then I start pre production on Granchester. Well, I start production on Granchester actually, so I've probably only got about three weeks off, um, and then um, yeah, so so we start doing Granchester, um, and I'll do that all the way through the summer until September. So I have that full run. So it's nice to. Have the two mediums. I've always done theatre. There's not a lot of the theatre. The TV actors who do do theatre as well. Um, they don't. They don't generally do that in conjunction with their TV work. Um, but I always like to, so we always look out for something that is different. And it's always got to be different from what I've played before. Um, on television, they're a bit boxy. They kind of want, want me to play the same character all the time. Um, and I do have to fight in order not to do that. You know, I'm allowed to, in theatre to, to not do, do that. And so, and obviously, with the characters I'm playing in, <laughs> they couldn't be from far removed from the the character that I'm most well-known for on television. But having said that, you know, again, character actors kind of... They, you, you used to get people who could play everything, and now casting parameters are so narrow that generally people do get stuck in a little rut and play the same character throughout the whole of their career. Um, and that's sad, really, because there's lots of us out there who are character actors. We're not, we're, we're not necessarily the Juliets of this world, uh, but we, we can play lots of different characters.
5: Would you say character actors have more fun?
4: Uh, yeah, I would. It's more difficult um, because you can't, because if you can't be pigeonholed, then um, people get a little bit wary of you um, because they like to know what they're getting. And if you give them something else, they go, no, I, w- I wanted to have that, because then they can be sure. Uh, because you know, putting on plays, putting on TV shows, making films is very expensive because of the amount of people that you require to make that that production the way it is so they are very expensive so you understand in some ways that they need to know what they're getting you know Uh, so it's a bit like you know when people buy cars you know they buy a certain car because they know what they're getting you know if they suddenly had a a new one out here it was just as good as that one but (laughs) you you know you're not quite sure of the make or the badge or all the rest (laughs) of it you might go oh i don't know so yeah i understand i understand the difficulty but in theater it's much more elastic
5: Well, we've really enjoyed having you here. So thank you very much for joining us on the Nottingham Playhouse podcast. Oh, good. (laughs) I hope
0: it goes well. (laughs) That was really interesting listening to Casey talking about her experiences as an actor. And I was particularly struck by her talking about that very first preview and the press night and all the changes and decisions that had to be made when adam decided that something wasn't working and they had to work really hard as a company and a technical team to to really pull that off
1: absolutely and if you pitch up on press night you have no idea that any of that has gone no, on no not at all just like the audience don't necessarily recognize and the things that the actors have to really work hard to overcome the, yeah. the peculiarities of the sound in our auditorium all that sort of thing as well
0: yeah, absolutely great well i think it's time to bring the curtain down on this first nottingham playcast
1: it is. I hope you agree we've had a couple of really delightful interviews to get us started there. Next time round, we're going to be finding out about Shabin, a really exciting new play set in 1950s Nottingham in St Anne's. And that's been written by Mufaru Makubika, who's actually won an award for this show before it's even hit the stage.
0: We'll be also doing a feature on our new artist development programme, Amplify, where we'll be introducing artists um, who are making work in these Midlands. And if you'd like a little sneaky peek of what people have been making, you can go to our bonus feature, which features the collective at The Party Somewhere Else.
1: And find that wherever you downloaded this podcast it's well worth a listen for more about the theatre just go to our website nottinghamplayhouse.co.uk where you can also link through to our social media channels and join our mailing list
0: so thank you for listening and we'll see you next time